Hello, everyone. Welcome to another episode of the Ambassadors Forum Radio Show here on True Talk 800 AM KPDQ. I'm your host, Roy Swart, father of seven, MIT graduate, active engineer in the high-tech industry, and most importantly, bought and paid for, bond servant of the Lord Jesus Christ. Our mission here at the Ambassadors Forum is to equip you to be able to better understand and defend your faith by thinking biblically, the same way Jesus did it. I have two of my friends back with me today, Lizzie and Ellie. Thank you guys for coming back. Two teenagers here in the Portland area. Where we left off last broadcast, I kind of pushed you guys a little bit and I asked you a personal question and I said, hey, is there a question that you still struggle with or or still kind of are thinking through? We'll restate that question and talk about that. So we'll start with you, Ellie. You described basically that the fact that you are a sinful person, you make mistakes, you Mm. do things, Mm -hmm. and then you have to feel like you go to God and you ask forgiveness. And you know he's a loving God who will always forgive you. But you're like, man, God, wouldn't it be like just better if we didn't have to go through this uncomfortable, awkward, like, hey, God, I'm sorry. And then he's like, I forgive you. And you're like, okay, thanks. But uh, is there a way that I don't have to go through that all the time? Mm. Something like that? Close. Yeah. yeah, yeah. <laughs> <laughs> I think also a little more is that I think I want to fix myself a lot. I wish I was right in <laughs> one of these times. <laughs> and so I think one of the things that I have to accept, no, like my forgiveness a Jesus washed me. Let me start with, I don't have all the answers. Let me share a personal experience mm. and then let me share a Bible verse. And we'll just kind of talk about it. The yeah. objective here is not to fix you. <laughs> <laughs> the objective here is not to even necessarily get at the right answer, mm. but just have a discussion. Yeah. So here yeah. we are. I used to think about that same thing in my just normal relationships with people. And so, mm. you know, with my friends, I'm like, man, I hope that in my friendships, I never, ever do anything wrong against my good friend. Never mess up in a big way. And then later on in life, there was a couple of relationships where I was really close to people and I did some really stupid things. Mm. And I was like, oh my goodness, like I, <sighs> I was so mad at myself and ashamed and, you know, discouraged, but... I went to that person and I was like, hey, you know what? I did something really stupid and I really messed up mm-hmm. and I want to ask you to forgive me. Mm-hmm. And a really interesting thing happened. They did. And some of them were Christians. A lot of them weren't Christians. Mm-hmm. But I went to them and, and just about all of them, maybe all of them, somehow forgave me. Mm-hmm. On the other side, I can say, you know what? Those relationships got stronger. Mm-hmm. And those relationships felt more real because I didn't feel like I was always walking around on eggshells Mm, like, oh my goodness, I can never make any mistakes because the perfect friendship means never making any mistakes. It's Mm. like I was kind of a little more free to be like, look, you know I love you. You know, we have a good friendship and just sometimes I do stupid stuff and I'm sorry. (laughs) And so anyway, it was interesting to watch that process, that journey where our relationship got stronger, not because I messed up, Mm. but in spite of me messing up through Uh forgiveness. And so I thought of a Bible verse from Ephesians chapter 4, verse 32. And it says, instead, be kind to each other, tenderhearted, forgiving one another, Mm. 
just as God through Christ has forgiven you. Mm. And there's another parallel passage in Colossians and a couple other places where it talks about you should be forgiving other people, not because they necessarily deserve it or even Mm. they asked for it, but you should forgive other people because Christ has forgiven you. It's almost like God has designed this thing to be like when things are broken and restored, they're stronger than if they had never been broken in the first place. Mm -hmm. When I think about the gospel and about how God created the world, and there's a lot of Bible verses that talk about how God is a redeemer. Mm -hmm. God restores things bigger and better and stronger than they were before they were broken. And so one of the things that that does for me is it one, it makes me not fearful that I'm not perfect. Perfection is not never messing up. Perfection or the best thing is after you mess up, having someone who can restore that Mm. and make things whole again. And so, all right, Lizzie, yours was (laughs) you look at your own life and you say, hey, I feel fulfilled. I'm happy. I'm in, you know, I'm blessed. I'm in a good environment, but I have Christ. You know, the reason I'm like this is because I have Christ. But then you look around and some of these other people who you know don't have Christ, they seem happy. They seem fulfilled. They seem blessed. They seem like they're having good things. Maybe even better things happen to them. And so the sense I got was something like, well, man, is it really worth it then? Is my faith really doing all this stuff for me if all these other people are getting the same results or maybe even better results and they don't have the faith? Was it something sort of like that? Yeah, I think a little less about like they're getting the same results or getting the same. It's more just like the idea that Christians are always saying like, well, you feel so fulfilled in Christ. Like Christ is the ultimate fulfillment, but a lot of other people go their whole lives feeling pretty darn fulfilled, but not having Christ. Right? So just <laughs> being able to like, that was more like my yeah. point. It's okay. Just- it reminded me of a Psalm, Psalm 73, and we'll just go there real quick. I'm going to read it in the NLT, and this is a psalm of Asaph, and he basically had, I think, a similar thing where he was looking around being like, wait a minute, all these, you know, what he calls wicked people, all these wicked people, people who don't have Christ, and good things are happening to them, and they're pretty, I think your words, they look pretty darn fulfilled. (laughs) Let's start in verse 2. He says, But as for me, I almost lost my footing. My feet were slipping and I was almost gone because I envied the proud when I saw them prosper despite their wickedness. He goes on to say, They seem to live such painless lives. Their bodies are so healthy and strong. They don't have troubles like other people. They're not plagued with problems like everyone else. They wear pride like a jeweled necklace and clothe themselves with cruelty. These fat cats have everything their hearts could ever wish for. They scoff and speak only evil. In their pride, they seek to crush others. They boast against the very heavens and their words strut throughout the earth. And so the people are dismayed and confused, drinking in all their words. What does God know, they ask? Does the Most High even know what's happening? Look at all these wicked people enjoying a life of ease while their riches multiply. 
And he's like, did I keep my heart pure for nothing? <laughs> like, well, I thought my faith was supposed to do all this awesome stuff for me and things are, are working out well for them and they don't have their faith. Do I keep myself innocent for no reason? I get nothing but trouble all day long. <laughs> Every morning brings me pain. So he's like, you know, it's like actually worse for me. I'm trying to be good and, and I'm actually getting worse. I'll skip down to verse 17. What I love about the Psalms, and there's a lot of David Psalms that are like this too, he doesn't just start with like, oh yeah, I know the truth, and the truth is Christians always prosper, and it's not always an easy life. That's why, especially when I'm going through difficult times, I love reading the Psalms because I'm like, I can relate to this guy. Mm-hmm. Like He's like, God, what is going on? <laughs> like, I, you know, I'm confused, and where are you, and all this kind of stuff. So Asaph is sort of saying that, and in verse 17 he says, Then I went into your sanctuary, O God, and I finally understood the destiny of the wicked. Truly, you put them on a slippery path and send them sliding over the cliff to destruction. In an instant, they are destroyed, completely swept away by terrors. When you rise, O Lord, you will laugh at their silly ideas as a person laughs at the dreams in the morning. He basically says, you know what? I was looking at things from a very narrow perspective. And so what it made me think of is, yes, it might be that the people around you, it looks like they're pretty darn fulfilled. It looks like things are going well. It looks like they're happy. But when you look at the a fuller picture, maybe five years down the road or 10 years down the road or maybe not even in this lifetime, maybe in the life to come, when they've been rebellious against God or somehow rejected his message, and then they are accountable for that sinfulness against a holy God, there is some kind of final accounting in the end. In the full accounting of things, it'll all be made right and it'll be clear. But So I think there's a lot of other Bible verses we could go to as well, especially from David where people in the Bible are saying, you know what? it looks like the wicked are prospering. It looks like people without Christ are happy. Mm. What's the deal? Anything else you want to add or think about with that? No. Those are good good thoughts. I have to think about it longer and more. Yeah, cool. Well, what are some of the other things that you guys think are popular amongst your peer group? What are some of the things that come up a lot that people are having questions on? I think people have always had a hard time with this, but I think especially now, people are having a really hard time wanting to follow Christianity, wanting to be a Christian, Mm -hmm. because they don't agree with, like, the things that God has laid out for how we're supposed to live our Mm -hmm. lives, essentially. Mm -hmm. So there's a lot of things nowadays that are, like, that would be, like, that's canceled. Like, you think that's that, then you're canceled or whatever, right? And they just, like, group all of Christianity in with, like, all of that stuff, whether it's in the Bible or not. And so then people, I feel like, have a hard Mm -hmm. time being, like this is something I want to follow and without like looking into who Jesus is and actually what Christianity is actually about and not just like the lifestyle Christians live. Mm -hmm. Right. Yeah. I I think one of the ones that came up at one of our apologetics, you know, discussions a couple of weeks ago was the, you know, the idea of LGBTQ where people are like, Hey, 
I just want to love who I want to love. And why would God not want me to do that? And Christians are so against that. And it's a common thing about, you know, Christians are often known more for what they're against than what they're for. Yes, exactly. You know, and so it's Christians aren't out there saying, hey, we're really pro-marriage and we're really pro-family. They're like, Mm -hmm. we're against this other thing. Mm -hmm. And so I think that the question that came up in that discussion I was referring to was something like, you know, from one of their friends saying, hey, how does me being gay hurt you as a Christian? And I think that's the impression is like, hey, why don't you just let me live my life the way I want to live my life, and why does that bother you? And I think a lot of Christians, the way it's perceived anyway, is I need to control you for me to be happy. And I think a lot of, especially with you know, all the hypersensitivity around cancel culture and everything is as soon as something sounds a little bit like off, and they're like, yeah, that's not fair. Why do you care what they do? And as soon as you get a little bit to one side, you know, the mob mentality jumps in and then you can't even talk anymore. You can't even ever give your good answer because Mm -hmm. it's just everyone's shouting like, you know, it goes back to like God's rules. Why does God do it this certain way? And is it like, okay, well, is it ever okay for God to make a rule that's in our best interest? You know, like when you're a kid, your parents are like, hey, don't touch the stove when it's hot or, you know, don't play in the street. And you're like, why do my parents care if I play in the street? It's not hurting them. You're like, yeah, but they care because it it might hurt you. And God has made that clear. Whether we can understand it or accept it or not, Mm -hmm. every single rule that God makes is for our good. You know, it's not because he's mean. It's not because mm-hmm. he's trying to be a controlling monster. It's not because he hates us. It's not because he doesn't want it to have fun. You know, if you think it through at the end of it, it's because God wants to protect us. God wants the best for us. But in today's, you know, culture of like, you know, one wrong phrase and you're immediately canceled and everybody, you know, flames your account with whatever to shut you down, you can never have those kind of careful conversations where you're just like, hey, you know, you're missing the main point. God loves you. God did this Mm -hmm. because he loves you, not because he hates you. I think people just have a hard time believing that that would be like a loving thing that he would do, which I think is maybe, I feel like if you gave them that argument about, you know, the mother touching, setting up the rule, they'd be like, yeah, okay, that makes sense. But like, that's, that obviously is something that is in their best interest, but this is not something in their best interest. Yeah. Um, But to me, then you're having a good conversation Yeah. and you're focused on the right things. You're like, Hey, As a Christian, I'm not trying to find a God that hates people. I'm worshiping a God that has revealed himself as somebody who's trying to help people. Mm -hmm. So do you at least understand the principle that God's rules are for your good? Mm -hmm. Okay, I understand the principle now. Okay, now we can sit here and discuss of whether it really is good for you or not. But now you're having a discussion, and Mm -hmm. to me, you're engaging people's thinking and their brains. What are some of the factors that contribute to it being so difficult to have just, I mean, a normal conversation like we're having today with your peers and, and in your generation. I think that people, they don't realize that God's a loving God, like you were saying. And like, sometimes I know that I can think like, oh, well, what is going to happen? Well, it's like, no, it's not a punishment because he doesn't like you. It's for your good, you know, mm. like, and I think that a lot of people just see God as a like mean God and he just wants to hit you. And I, yeah. I think they're like, well, I don't want to serve someone like that. And then I think also they don't think they can trust God. And I think mm. those are two big things. We're like, can I trust him? 
is he good? Which are like the big questions. Yeah. That's an interesting perspective. I've talked to a lot of people that say, you know what? I was in a difficult situation and I prayed and I'm Mm -hmm. like, God, please don't let my dad die or please help my sister get healed Mm -hmm. or please, you know, whatever it is, a very personal, difficult thing. And they would say, I prayed to God and you know what happened? My dad still died or my Mm -hmm. sister not Mm -hmm. never got better or whatever. They're like, see? Like you said, I can't trust God because he wasn't there for me. Mm -hmm. Those are real questions. And I think when the church or, you know, Christians just dismiss that and say, oh, come on, get over it. You know, just read your Bible more. (laughs) I think what God calls us to do in those situations is to just come alongside people And feel with them yeah. mm-hmm. and say, hey, you know what? Tell me your story. Tell me about mm-hmm. your dad. Tell me about yeah. your sister. Tell me about what happened to you. And just empathizing and feeling with them. Mm-hmm. And there's a couple of places in the Bible where it talks about, you know, God says, hey, I'm not going to always rescue you out of calamity or difficult circumstances. Mm-hmm. But he's like, but my promise is I will be with you. Mm-hmm. People are like, hey, I can understand that. I can understand that maybe I won't always get my way or, or this outcome won't always happen. But if you are there with me, crying with me, walking with me, supporting me, at least there's a, a relationship, a connection that you can start with. I think the thing that has helped me with these questions, but then also like helped when I talk to other people about this is a lot of people like to ask like, why would God set up this rule? Or why would God do this? Or why would God let this person die in my life or whatever? Which are all very valid questions, right? But there's a lot of them that we just like those why God questions will be like, I don't think we'll ever be able to answer. (laughs) Right. 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 So I think what's been like helpful for me is being like, okay, forget about all of that stuff. Like that's an important thing, but just don't think about that right now. What is important (laughs) is like who is Jesus and what did he come to do? Because like that's more easy to comprehend, right? Because yeah. it's in yeah. the gospel. It's it's a central piece of what we believe, right? Yeah. And it's the most important thing. All those other questions are, yes, very valid and very important. If you can believe that Jesus came to die for our sins and that we now mm-hmm. walk, you know, in this like newness, newness of, of life, life with him, yeah. then it's a lot easier for us to be like, to just believe and trust God because we know like what he did for us, you know? Mm-hmm. So mm-hmm. I feel like keeping the message on Jesus and less mm-hmm. about all those like extra questions. And that's like hard to do and hard to like tell a non-Christian be like, yeah. okay, well don't really think about that. Like think about <laughs> this question, but yeah. like, I don't know, just really trying to focus on Jesus and who he is and what he came to do. Yeah, yeah that's mm-hmm. good. God makes all these rules and he makes these rules for our good. What do you guys think about the rules that God has made? Or do you think God has made rules about what women can do in ministry as pastors and things like that? I know like in your flesh, I can be like, well, I want to say something or I want to do something, you know. But I know that he's given elders like my dad a lot of wisdom that I don't have yet or don't know everything yet. And I am just waiting on him. And I've seen where I go to do something. And I'm like, you know, Lord said not to do that, so I'll not do that. And then I see later, oh, yeah, I should not have done that. So, yeah. Mm-hmm. Don't you think that experience could be similar in, like, a young boy, though, to his mother as well? Like, the young boy was like, I have a question about this, and his mm-hmm. mother has a lot of wisdom. So is that, like... That's a very, very good point. Coming down to, like, trusting God. I know that God has made these rules for a reason, and I know that he has all the wisdom in the world. He knows what's going to happen. He knows he's got the best plan. And so if he said this, that I can just trust him and do that, even if I see people where I'm like, I don't think that guy was right. Hmm. I think I'm right, but I can still be like, well, 
it doesn't matter. I can still lay the sign. And then what we do often is instead of talking like me, saying something and preaching to everybody in the middle of church, I just stop and I pray about it and I give it to the Lord. Or after a meeting, I'll go and talk to the person and say, hey, why did you say this? And not mm. shove it in their face, but question. Because maybe I heard them wrong or maybe something. I know that if God's right and I can trust him, then so I just That's leave good. it to him. For me, like, this is definitely a question that I've been thinking about a lot recently and just trying to, like, I'm kind of unbiased to either side right now, so I'm just trying to, like, find an answer and find mm-hmm. and just pray about it and stuff. So mm-hmm. I'm very much an amateur, I guess I would say, so I don't know where I stand 100%. It says clearly, like, things about women should be silent in church, but I have a very hard time, like, comprehending how that becomes strictly about people in ministry. So, like... That particular verse, like, no women nowadays are actually literally silent in the church. Like, nobody takes that verse literally to that extent. So I feel like, where did we draw the line between taking that verse literally, women need to be silent in church, silent, silent, versus women need to not be the lead pastors in church, or women can't be elders or whatever, right? So I've been kind of thinking about that question and how to, like, maybe some of the cultural backgrounds behind that verse, or just even where it was written, why it was written, things like that. I've just been trying to, like, do a deeper dive and find out mm-hmm. why we take that verse, not literally, but we take it, like, so that it still kind of prevents women from doing that. So, yeah. Yeah. I think that's the good approach, Lizzie, which is, I think it's fantastic to start with just a very cerebral analysis of like, let's just write down what the rule is and where it got it from. Before we get Mm -hmm. all emotional about whether we like it or or whatever, let's Mm -hmm. just start with the rule. You said a little bit about you've been thinking about this and you've been studying. Have you been able to kind of like write down, hey, these are all the Bible verses that lead to this rule and it doesn't lead to this other rule and it leads to this rule. Where are you in that process or journey? Yeah, so I've written down, I've found probably not every single verse, but I found the most common ones and the most commonly used to back up the argument that, you know, about women in leadership. And so I've been looking into those verses, kind of like you were saying, that cerebral approach, trying to find kind of what each verse just means, like within the context of the Bible and where it's written and not necessarily just like the words that are on the page. I think what you described, I think is absolutely the right approach. Like literally write down what is it that the rule is Mm -hmm. and then go down and say, you know, is it, what is it that we're talking about? And sometimes writing that down and being very specific is good. Then you go to the Bible and you write down, okay, what are the Bible verses that have to deal with this? And there might be two or five or 10 or whatever Mm -hmm. it is. And then you write down the context of all of those verses. And then you say, okay, well, you know, this exact verse was talking about, you know, women wearing head coverings or men cutting their hair, women not cutting their hair. And you're like, okay, so wait a minute. And so on every one of those Bible verses, you write down the verse, you write down the context, and then you start matching them together and saying, wait a minute, God wouldn't tell us, you know, go left over here and go right over here. So now how can we come up with an understanding that now pulls together all of these verses in context together into one thing? What I'd like to leave people with today is... There is a process that I think the Bible calls all of us to do, all of us to, in all of our deliberations, which is be thoughtful, you know, be considerate, be gentle, be humble, be respectful of other people, ask other people, be diligent, be logical, be reasonable. 
be prepared sometimes for a lot of work. <laughs> That's the process I wish more Christians mm-hmm. understood and were willing to do because especially in today's day and age of the internet, we talked about this. They just want the quick fix and the answer. And, like, and a lot of times, if you can say it in a funny, quippy way, once you sort of gain the upper edge and then everybody else gets canceled and you're like, wait a minute, what just happened to the discussion? <laughs> yeah. Yeah. So anyway, thank you again, guys. Yeah. This is so much fun. I could do this forever. Yeah, uh, thank, you. <laughs> thank you guys for being on the show again thank today. You. Thank you for having us. Now, how about you? Are you avoiding the hard questions and the difficult conversations in your life? When people bring up positions that you don't agree with, does that shut down the conversation and you say, hey, look, we might not agree on this. Let's just not have the conversation. I hope that's not the way that you're living out your life. God doesn't call us to always agree on everything, but he does call us to be respectful and humble and loving towards each other and confident that there is truth out there for us to find. If we can go to the Bible, if we can pray, if we can walk with each other and support each other on these difficult conversations and tough topics. My favorite part of my week is anytime I can engage with anybody, young people, old people, it doesn't matter, on issues that matter, issues that they are passionate about, issues that they have questions about. It is such a joy and a wonderful adventure to live life like that. Also, I want to encourage you to go to our website at theambassadorsforum.com. There's lots of helpful resources there. There's all kinds of questions that we've taken a shot at answering and giving you Bible verses to think about. And so it's a great website with lots of helpful resources. Finally, thank you for joining us on the radio today. You can join us every Saturday at 9.30 a.m. here on True Talk 800 a.m. KPDQ. I pray that God will raise you up in your own faith and send you out to share that faith with others in the grace and truth of the Lord Jesus Christ. Until next time, I'm Roy Swart. May the Lord bless you and keep you. 